Hello, friends and family, and everyone listening to This Is Fine, a podcast where me, your host, Ivor, unpacks emotions and life events in order to share a lesson while you're in various states of dress or undress. Um, today's topic is sadness. And uh, I know I, f- I feel very, I'm not particularly sad right now. It's just I've thought about sadness for a long time. And, you know, sadness is often like defined like psychologically. It is associated with a difficult like life event such as loss. Now, loss in itself comes in many forms. You know, loss is loss at the end of the day. But, you know, sadness varies in the intensity and duration. Um, The circumstances around you can pull the sadness deeper or they can bring levity. So I think that a surefire way to understand your thought processes or, or your emotions better is to identify any emotion, is looking at how it influences the way you navigate your life. You know, that is always the first step. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to what you're feeling because we all experience moments in life where our expectations are not met. Um be it receiving a position at work or the expectations of romantic or platonic relationships or the experience that we felt would make us happy and it ended up not bringing us the joy that we thought. I think that a way to to overcome sadness or rather to deal with sadness better is by understanding how the brain works. What I've learned through reading podcasts, deep self-observation and experimentation with my own thought processes is that you do have control over your thoughts. You know, it's a strong statement for someone who isn't book educated in this field. You know, I, I keep my head in constant question mode. And I found that where you have the tiniest bit of control, that's evidence enough that you have more. I kind of think of it like, uh, I don't know, in the movies when when there's like darkness and there's a crack and and, and the light spills in through that, that crack. Like, think of the opposite. If there's a room that is completely light, white, and there's a crack, the, the black, the darkness, it doesn't seep in the way that light does. The darkness doesn't take control. The darkness doesn't spill in. But light has that ability. So though the crack may be painful, that is the point at which you grow. That is the point at which you have control. So the minute you realize that you're sad, I kind of think that it's accompanied by a feeling of uncomfortableness. I think not even you realize. I think you just feel uncomfortable. At least that's how it is for me. I, I'm in a certain mood and I don't know what it is until I realize, oh, right, I'm, I'm sad. That's what I'm feeling. So sadness kind of like creeps up on you. Um, but it is deeply uncomfortable. And like I've said many a time before is that the brain loves to be on autopilot. You know, this feeling of uncomfortable is something that's connected to pain too. You know, being uncomfortable is a measure of pain.
and it's something you want to release yourself from so what do you do like what do you do identify that what do you do when you feel uncomfortable what do you do when you feel bored what do you do when you feel any kind of feeling that requires you to take action and i think when it comes to sadness for people my age and younger what they do is that they might find escapism in confining their eyes to a little screen looking at brilliant pixels to make them feel better when ultimately the dopamine shots your brain is forced to release in quick succession like that you know it really is unnatural in the long term and could actually lead to dopamine exhaustion which that in itself has a whole host of physiological and psychological effects on your body many others may seek or find relief from sadness at the bottom of a bottle or in between the sheets of a stranger's bed sadness is an internal process that we seek to rectify with external distractions i think distraction may be a way for us to to not experience being uncomfortable that's an interesting point something i'll definitely explore later distractions so a little bit of story time that i think helps me unpack sadness is that i remember a time i think it was about 3 years ago i felt deeply slighted by a friend group now i'm careful to use the words i felt deeply slighted because it was only my perception it's my version of events um i was at a work lunch and prior to the lunch i started developing a fever so by the time lunch had ended i was full on sick and and we were all going to travel home together uh with a bus because we lived in the same neighborhood so we got near the bus stop and we saw the bus pull up like i think we were about like 3 minutes away and the bus had just pulled up so they just like it required them to run and you know they did they ran to get on the bus and here's where my memory makes me so dramatic makes me so gay um i distinctly remember like the bus the the smell of the air the sun was i think about an hour and a half away from the horizon so the light was very beautiful and the wind was chilly on my skin that was starting to feel hot to the touch and it's kind of like little vignettes of image and emotion looking at the bus wanting to run but physically <laughs> just not having the energy to do it watching the bus leave and then looking around me and how i noticed that you can quickly be surrounded by friends and then in an instant you're surrounded by strangers i remember getting in a taxi and i must have gone to the doctor because i got home i didn't even switch on the lights i got undressed took medication and just like laid under the covers staring at my window feeling whatever it was that i was feeling and then something kind of beautiful happened and it it happened a lot is that my mom called me to ask if i was okay this kind of this kind of thing where we could sense each other's sad or depressing emotions from continents apart was normal for us and um you know i told her what happened and 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 that i felt silly for feeling so sad because come on it's not a big deal you know i guess that was my way 
of trying to escape the sadness, which, in all fairness, was valid in that moment, but I was trying to find some escape, so I justified it that way. She asked me a simple question. Had the roles been reversed, would you have left a friend behind? And no. It felt like no, and I did say no. But I didn't feel like answering the question brought me any insight at the time, because my friends didn't mean it, it wasn't on purpose, and yet it still happened. You know, and I'm a deeply sensitive soul, and to be fair, that's something I must take responsibility for and not place onto others. At the end of the day, I was still overcome with sadness despite having a considerate thought process, despite being rational about this tiny little, you know, event. A connection between people can be formed instantly. It can take a song lyric, a reference to a movie, a joke or a kind word. In an instant it can be formed, but it's broken down little by little countless times. You know, I had it in me to rationalize it, but I didn't have it in me to not allow that small moment to disconnect me from them. And after that, our friendship wasn't really the same. Though we all still worked together and, you know, we spoke to each other and joked and laughed at you know, they continued in their circle and I kind of gradually, maybe not so gracefully, stepped out and I think I drew my own circle, I guess. So I bring this moment up because I was hyper aware of the duality of my emotions, knowing the way that I'm feeling is kind of childish. So your friends left you at the bus stop. Get over it, you're not the embodiment of a Taylor Swift song. But I can't deny that that moment did hurt me. I, I did internalize it and I did feel sad. Later that night, I started to feel better. Um, not better enough to go out, but I did. And I was just in time to catch the train to the clubs where I could be all the colors in the Crayola box. But it's hard to dance with the devil on my back while I'm looking for external validation from the body of a stranger. That one example, you know, of sadness, it's not like the saddest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and I don't like using the word to me because then I feel like a victim. Just saying it's not the saddest thing that I came across or that I experienced. There we go. That's better. It's just that what I've learned about sadness is that it's important to recognize when you're sad and where I didn't have the goat by the horns is I was trying to invalidate my feelings as if it didn't make sense to be sad. I tried to push the sadness away seemingly, but I ended up not really moving through it. Then ultimately what just happens is that the seeds of grievance were planted and now I'm not friends with two of the three people, you know. I was unable to process sadness in a healthy way. And I do mean process it. I do mean welcome it in, welcome it with open arms, sit with it, have conversations to help unravel some moment in the past so that you could understand yourself better and where your reactions or responses to life comes from. But because I was never taught that, I literally taught that, that shit to myself the way to overcome a problem is through it not over it not under it but walk through it it's uncomfortable 
and it can get uncomfortable to the point where emotional pain feels like it manifests physically. And that's, if you understand but more about physiology, is that because your brain and stomach shares the same cells and are in fact connected, that's why you experience emotional